0: and thank you for coming back and joining me tonight on Next on the i I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and tonight I'm really looking forward to sharing a couple of really wonderful guests with you. First up with me tonight, I'm going to be joined by PGA Teaching Pro Mike Landry. It's, it's been a minute since we've had Mike on the show, so looking forward to having him back as a part of our show tonight. He teaches out at Mile Square Golf Course, which is just outside of L.A., We'll talk about the 36-hole complex that they have out there, plus some of the other great courses that uh, Mike gets the opportunity to see and play in and around the L.A. area. For most of us who are still dealing with brutally cold temperatures and snow, I'm going to get some advice from Mike for how we can keep the rust off our golf swings while we wait for spring to arrive. We'll talk about uh, potentially, you know, how, how can we hit straighter drives? How can we hit better fairway woods even after we've hit a great drive down the middle of the fairway? So many of us struggle with our fairway woods, you know, if it's if. We're not teeing it up we struggle a little bit whether we're hitting it fat or we're hitting it thin or we're topping it get some advice from mike uh, from mike on how to do those things better so mike will be along with me here in just a few minutes following him i'm going to get a return visit from kenny knox you remember kenny kenny won three times out on the pga tour back in the late 80s and early 90s kenny is one of the best chippers and putters in the history of the pga tour folks case in point The 1989 Heritage Classic, which Kenny won, he set the 18-hole record for putts with 18. Get that, 18 putts for 18 holes. And the 72-hole tournament record with only 93 putts. So uh, we'll tap into some of Kenny's expertise on and around the greens. He also makes his own line of putters and wedges, which we'll talk about as well. Go online to see those at KennyKnoxGolf.com. So look forward to having Kenny back on the show with me about 25 minutes from now. So, folks, more great stories and playing lessons coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the T. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with us over the next hour or so. And as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondinero about what they have going on up there.
1: When planning your next golf buddy trip, consider something completely different for 2018 at French Lick Resort. The Eagles, Birdies, and Pigeons Package. That's right, pigeons. Take your best shot with a day at our Pete Dye course, a day at our Donald Ross course, then top it off with an outing at our new sporting clay shooting range. This package is reserved for groups of 12 or more. Just you and a pal craving a world-class golf getaway? Well, our Hall of Fame package can't be beat for a pure golf experience and value. Pete Dye, Donald Ross, and our two historic hotels make a legendary combination. French Lick Resort can also help you bring your game to the next level. Check out our early birdies tune-up, our game changer, and Rapid Recovery Golf Academies. Start making those 2018 plans now with an online visit to FrenchLick.com. French Lick Resort, home of the 2018 Senior LPGA Championship and the Symmetra Tour Donald Ross Classic.
0: Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay. And, oh, by the way, my friends, the thing that Steve didn't talk to you about is they've got a casino right there on the property as well. Great place, FrenchLick.com. And, folks, have you heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last couple of months? Well, if you haven't, listen up and get ready to discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there on the market. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Clubhub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips, and I can tell you folks, since I put the Clubhub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Not only do you get GPS distances, to the hazards and to the greens but you also can see your round you can go back and look at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot no other GPS tool in the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does it's available for Android and iPhones the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag your tempo your angle of attack plus 3d images of your swing as well and no other rangefinder can do all that for you Go online to clubhubgolf.com to order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT, that's N-E-X-T, to get 10% off on all products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. We are also excited to be partnering with the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. They are back with the same great equipment that you know and love without the retail markup that you hate. Now you can buy premium Ben Hogan irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, and bags directly from the factory at prices your wallet's really going to appreciate. Visit them online at BenHoganGolf.com and give them a call at 844-53-HOGAN. That's 844 844- 534-6426 to learn more and order your set today. Plus also go online to check out our friends at the Bobby Jones uh, Apparel Company by going to uh, bobbyjones.com Their holidays collection is out and the shift in seasons is the perfect opportunity to change things up layer upon layer. Give your wardrobe a boost of dapper style. They've added some great new details, fresh colors, new additions with genuine enduring character. To see it all online, go to bobbyjones.com and folks, as you know, we are partnering with one of uh you know our, our favorite folks on the planet and that is Russ Holden and the folks over at Caddy for a cure. One of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is available to you through Caddy for a Cure. You get to spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. It is a fantastic way to have the time of your life while supporting our wounded service members and Fanconi Anemia. You get to walk side by side with the tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. And in addition to the experience you're going to have, you're going to get a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour Logoed Apparel, and an eyewear package, a tour grade caddy bib suitable for autographs and framing, a 10 cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs from your day. Go online to caddyforacure.com, that is C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, caddyforacure.com, to learn more. Now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mike Landry. Mike is a PGA teaching professional at Mile Square Golf Course out in Fountain Valley, California, which is just outside of L.A. Mile Square is a 36-hole public golf course designed by David Rainville that opened back in 1969. Mike has also taught at the Marriott at Manhattan Beach. He studied at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor in Belton, Texas. He's been a PGA Class A teaching professional for over 25 years, and I am honored to have him back with me tonight here on
2: Next on the Tee.
0: Happy New Year, Mike. Thanks for coming back on the show.
2: Hey, Chris. Great to to be on the show and great to be active. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt.
0: So, Mike, I have to imagine on on some level you've got better weather out in L.A. than the most of the rest of the country is experiencing right now. I know you guys have been getting a lot of rain that uh, you know to follow up the drought that you had and the fires that you had. So, uh, but uh, I imagine it's much much warmer and nicer than the rest of us across the country. Let us live a little vicariously through you. How are things in L.A.?
2: You know, we've had some great. We had a really good summer. Uh, you know, a lot of good weather patterns. Uh, which is fantastic and then again we're into the rain which we need but again we have to be prepared for it and the summer we had in southern california we had the u.s amateur out at uh, la country club or it was at uh, riviera then we also had the walker cup as well so that was quite a summer for amateur golf in la So,
0: and Mike, you know, as I mentioned, you're teaching out now at Mile Square Golf Course, a 36-hole facility that's a public facility out there. Let our listeners know. Talk about about what you've got out there. Talk about what the golf courses are like and what the facility in general is like.
2: Yeah, we're right basically in Orange County, right near Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach area, and right off the uh, 405 at the Warner East exit. Uh, It's a 36-hole structured facility, uh, you've got the classic 18 pine tree, tree line, traditional. And also we have the player's course, which is modern, mounting and water, but, you know, equally the same length, but, again, much more modern. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, lighted range, very busy. Uh, again, we pride ourselves on pace of play, customer service pace of play. Uh, so it is a, a full service facility, and it actually is a mile square. So it's you know tied into the park system for uh, Fountain Valley or the county of Orange County. So it has got some structure there.
0: And Mike, there there are so many great golf courses in and around the LA area, plus, you know along the California coast. On top of miles square, what are what are some of the other golf courses that uh, that you enjoy getting out to
2: play? You know there's uh, Pelican Hill right near the Newport Beach area it has thirty six holes of upscale. A resort-style golf. Uh, you know, again, we can head out. You know, an hour or less out east, you know, Riverside area. You got some good modern golf courses out there. Uh, again, being in Orange County, it's it makes it a little more difficult to get north of LAX. <laughs> just just due to the traffic alone. To be honest with you, a lot of people say, you know, we'd like to play Sherman Oaks, and you kind of almost say, hey, I, I don't go past LAX. <laughs> so again, I, it's it's kind of a thing where you got to get on that side of town to get back on that side of town. So we're once you get kind of down this way, it's it's a luxury of being here because anything north of LAX is makes it a, a challenge. But I, you know, I did Am the my years with- up in Manhattan Beach. I loved.
0: Mike, I was checking out your website, MikeLandryGolf.com, and and on there it says that you like link-style golf. What is it about link-style courses that you really enjoy?
2: You know, it makes you use the ground. Ground, different shots, uh, you know, the creative side of the short game. uh, Again, you know, it's kind of the playing style of like Patrick Harrington where, you know, he's hitting hybrids and three woods up in the little openings to where it really brings out the true game of the game of golf uh, so you're, you're a shot maker you're, and being, you're, you're talking about the short
0: game Mike. I'm sorry go ahead
2: oh okay yeah and again when I was in the Met section Met PGA section I was able to get exposed to the Shinnecocks the Nationals the Wingfoots uh, the Maid Stones, and then even I played uh years ago when we were on our last interview so I got some feel for those that style of golf uh, which is really love
0: and mike you talk about the short game right and i know on your on your site again mikelandrygolf.com you offer a short game masters program to help people you know get get up and down and hit chip shots and pitch shots talk about what that program is and some of the drills that you work on uh with your students
2: Yeah. so when i was you know at the marriott i got that program set up to where i could you know get a lesson once a month and then be available for practice sessions with my students in that short game area, so that we could kind of challenge them and bring out the uh, the creative side of the short game. Uh, and it gave a student that you know was at a level of you know uh, scoring. And again, a lot of the uh, short game and scoring is to be able to use the setup, the design of the golf club, the bounce, and and not to be scared of the uh, the golf club. You know, so many people are scared of how to use the club, but it's a lot of opposites so that you let the design work come out in the short game.
0: And you talk about the word creative, and I think that's, that, that's a, an interesting term to think about, you know, with the short game, because a lot of times you do got to get creative, right? You got to have a little imagination for how you're going to make this chip or this pitch shot work depending on, you know, where you're at, what you've got in between you and the hole. What the you know is it a is it a, a raised green is it a flat green those sorts of things talk about being how to be creative and how to imagine getting the ball closer to the hole.
2: Okay, you know and again you know me being a PGA Class A member in the Southern Cal section, we have a, a very good uh, a PGA education program seminars. To where this last fall, we had a, a coaching seminar at uh, Virginia Country Club there in Long Beach, and there's eight eight or so PGA Tour players that are members there, and they actually brought in uh, James Seeklin, which is kind of the short game wizard that worked with, I think, over 15 PGA pros, which a short game out of Nebraska. Uh, his brother was Tom Seeklin that was a PGA Tour player that played a lot of practice rounds with Seve Ballesteros. So, again, with we had a two-day session, and he uh, Seeklin was part of the session to where you really got a, a sense of the short game setup, the eye line, uh, how to use the club, uh, again, your emotions so that you could be accountable for your short game and scoring. So that was a great opportunity.
0: And, Mike, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple times, you know, how to use the club. And I think that's, you know, I think that's something that we all could use some pointers on. What, What are some things that you see – when people pull a wedge or you know, uh, whatever club they might like to pitch or chip with, what, what are some of the things that you see that say, you know what, you're not using that club properly?
2: Cool. Again, kind of with the, you know, the ball position, you get, that's awareness there. Uh, the shaft lean, again, there's times where you don't want to lean like you would have in like a, a full-distance iron setup like a six iron. And some of the short-game shots, creative ones, with the sand wedge, the lob wedge, you, you don't want that lean. You want it just almost vertical shaft so that the club finds a bottom point and skids on through. But if you had lean, then you got the, the leading edge which wants to dig uh, and that's where those scary situations come up about. But if you're able to use the, the leaning of the shaft, a non-leaning of the shaft, uh, learning how to not let the club be grounded on the club so that you can, as you swing, you're able to kind of keep your arm radius constant instead of kind of folding your arms. You're able to use your chest to move the arms. Uh, again, kind of use more of the chest so that it moves it and you can you let the club strike the bottom of the arc instead of trying to find a way to get the club through the shot.
0: And, Mike, are, with this short game, are you a proponent of using the same club, you know, depending on where you're at? You know, I, I know my son, who is a, a junior player, um, He's he's been given a couple of different pieces of advice from different teachers. You know, one had him using his sand wedge exclusively for every chip shot in and around the green uh, another is you know kind of pushing him towards you know using an eight nine pitching wedge you know depending on you know how far you're off the green. How do you teach your students when they're you know five ten twenty yards off the green? What club do you recommend them use? How do you get them set up to hit those shots closer to the
2: hole? You know it's all kind of visually based. If it's a flat area, there's no need to put it in the air. So that's where you could use a six seven eight iron. Uh, again, you could go from a, uh, a ball position that would be in front of your right foot, let the shaft lean. So your body's in front and then it's a very, you know, one lever motion. And again, you know, by using the, the ground, like link style golf, then you're able to have everything fly to a point, roll out. So it's like a putt, uh, and you're seeing everything respond like you would if you used a putter. But if you're you know backed in a corner and you need to go in the air, then you've gotta use your eyes you gotta be able to find out how to fly it, let it find a point of of where it can run out and go from there so again, the more you can use all the clubs in your bag, then you're not having to over practice something. you're always just thinking about spots, conditions, rollouts uh and that's what you're looking for, percentages.
0: And, Mike, you know, I, I, so many of us, when we're playing, right, and we're, you know, in in our cards and we're driving to our next shot, particularly when you're driving up towards the green, you know, we're, we're involved in conversation, we're looking around, we're, um, I, I one of the things that I've heard, um, as you approach the green, whether you're walking towards the green and you're walking the course or you're in your golf cart, that's, you know, that's the time when you really need to start zeroing in on looking at, you know, starting to line up your shot, whether you're on the green and you're looking to line up your putt because you're looking at the green and how it's elevated and maybe where it breaks or starting to look towards where you see, you know, water runs off or that sort of thing. When you're, when you're talking with your students are you are you a hey take a mental break in between your shots and then come back and focus and take your next shot or are you uh, more of hey you from the moment you hit one shot you're starting to line up your next shot particularly in and around the greens.
2: I think you just you know after you've hit a good you know iron or good tee ball you need to kind of reset and that's where you've hit a great shot let it go move on to what your next shot's gonna be if it's up around the green then you have to clear out what was done and then look at, you know, with that short game shot or the pitch shot, you got to look and see, you know what, is the grass shiny, is it dull, is there slopes this way, that way, or did you see someone just hit a shot that zipped by the cup and it was good contact? Well, maybe that was down grain. Or if it was slow approaching, then you could say, wow, that could be against the grain. I better rethink what club I was going to use and then be able to not, kind of fight things or kind of force things this way. You're just basically you practice to make good contact and now you're able to let things take their shape.
0: And you mentioned shiny or dull. What does shiny or dull tell us?
2: Uh that would be the you know the, the grain of the grass. Uh you know, southern states with the Bermuda, uh again even the setting sun so that you can You'll see the shininess, which means it's down grain or fast, so it's going to run away. Uh, if it's dull, then it's going to you're going to have resistance so that it will be slower even though you've made good contact. You know, ways to kind of check it is if you've got a pitch shot, a chip shot, go up to the edge of the green, you can see the edge where the grass is going one direction or other, whether it's away to you, left, right. Uh, if you were to walk up to the cup, you can look around the cup and see if there were any, you know, later in the day, you'll see lip outs. Again, you're able to get a sense of when the ball slows down, is it slowing down because it's against the grain? Is it slowing down because it just rolled out? Is it slowing down and pulling to the right or to the left? you got to, you know, kind of look and respond.
0: And, Mike, you know, kind of backing all the way up, for those of us that are still looking at, you know, two, three months, before we're going to be able to get out there and play golf again. What are some of the things that we can do to keep the rust off our golf swings?
2: Uh, you know, with the putting, uh, again, I think it's Eyeline Golf has the steel balls. There's a pack of three heavy-weighted balls to where you could, you know, hit foot putts with those steel balls, get used to, you know, hitting it solid. Uh, again, get used to, you know, what... Uh, with that roll and that steel ball, that gives you a chance to hit a, a foot putt that, on normal conditions, with a golf ball, might go ten feet. So again, that's a way to kind of train your putting without you know overthinking your stroke. Uh, again, you know, with the uh, you know the pitch shots in the basement or the house, or those the East Coasters that are in the basements with their mats, uh, learning how to uh, when they set the club head not let it actually rest on the ground with pitching and chipping, get to where if it was the, the bottom of the clubhead would be resting on the top of a ladybug or a, a round uh, furniture tack so that you're going to, once you make your swing, it's going to have its shape. It's not going to have tension. Uh, you're going to be able to keep your arm radius to where your chest can move your arms because once the chest stops moving, then your arms stop moving, and then your wrists want to move. And then, again, that club head gets out of position, and what was once going to be the bounce being used is now the leading edge. Uh, But, again, the putting, uh, the pitching motion, uh, yeah, Uh, again, that's one of those short clubs. Are good because then you're not going to hit any lamps or <laughs> any furniture. So you got you to know, think about these variables. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big proponent, and I've done it ever since. I've been ever since I started with like golf tech years ago. Every student I had, I would give them a, a one of those rubber molded training grips, and to this day I still do it because if I get them to take ownership on their hand position and grip. Um, I don't have to move it around. I can just give this. Say this is how it fits. It's like a puzzle. Make it fit. Yeah. If you don't think this works, then what have all these other great players done? <laughs> because right. they've done this. So that <laughs> that helps. And it's again for us golf professionals. It's a a two dollar item. Uh, someone that goes buys one in a golf shop. Eight dollar item. So again, for us to yeah. give away a two dollar item and not have a student down the road say all he did was work on my grip. This way, you gave them the visual. You gave them the $2 molded training grip. You don't have to put it on a club. Just hold it in your hands so that you get yeah. ownership.
0: So, Mike, going all the way back to early parts of your career, and I know you've been a Class A teaching professional now for over 25 years, but going all the way back, was did somebody you know share a tip with you when you were a young teacher or coming up um, that uh, that you've incorporated into into your teaching lessons, something that sort of stuck with you over the years?
2: The short game. I mean, the, sh- the short game is priceless because if you buy into the setup and then we're in a technology area where everything's so visual, if your short game setup is not visually correct, you're out of position. So you, you've got to get visually in position so that you're you're going to be able to hit these shots that all the great players do, uh, and that that's huge because then again, junior golfers like you mentioned your son playing junior golf, the short game can separate the runts from the strong players, mm-hmm. and that's that's priceless. And then when they do develop, and like the Dustin Johnsons, once they get that build and that length, and they had that magical short game from a junior being creative, they're unstoppable.
0: Mike, one more tip before we let you go, and, and an area that I know that I struggle with is fairway woods. Hitting a fairway, you know, I could hit a nice drive, put it right out there in the middle of the fairway on a par five. You know, I may have, you know, 230, 240 in, and I'm going to pull my three wood out, and now I'm struggling. I either, I'm either topping the ball, I'm hitting it fat, I'm hitting, you know, hitting it thin what's a what's a good tip for for me and for our listeners that want to hit better fairway wood shots
2: That's a great question again, to follow up with that, uh you know, the fairway wood setups just like a driver setup. so visually, when you're looking at pictures of high level players, if you were to actually look at the back of the driver or three wood club head, the back of it would be in the middle of your stance. So if the back's in the middle of your stance, then it's well forward. Whether you're taking a practice swing or the golf ball's there or not, it's where it should always be. Uh, and then with it, the back of the club head center of the feet or stance, your body has time to make its motion. But if you just kind of put it like it was an iron, your your body can't get out of the way. So I'm really a big proponent of you know, woods, drivers, fairway woods. If you want a fighting chance, you need the back of the club head or wood head, metal head, middle of the feet so that your head's behind the ball. You're looking at the back of the club head. You know you've got to go get the ball. It's just not where you have to – it's going to be there. you got to go get it. And then also within that setup, you've got a short game setup. Who's you mentioned, you're more vertical. Uh, your sternum's straight up and down. Well, when you have a full-distance iron, a fairway wood, you want to get to where there's a little bit of tilt. How much tilt? Uh, That's where you need a kind of a template to where if you took your right hand and touched the palm of your hand and touched your right kneecap, that creates enough tilt to where now you're offset. So you can't see yourself when you're playing or practicing, and in many cases, boom, you've got that offset setup that gets you set up for distance.
0: That's a great tip. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to put that to work right right away. Mike, before we yeah. let you go, let our listeners know how can they follow you. You know, stay stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing. Whether it's online on your website or over social media as well.
2: Yeah, um, you know, basically, I'm also you know I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm at you know mike dot com website. I can work with you there. Uh, I'm excited about get that sh- the uh, the ma the Masters program going so I, I need to get that activated again a mile square and get some acceptance there and get that going uh again you know it's the students i had up in manhattan beach in the south way south bay you know driving the 405 you can make some good time but there's the driving tip i have is when you get near you know springdale valley view that's only like three miles away all you'd have to do is get off on a, a springdale golden west or beach, and it's eight miles there or eight minutes there and four minutes to eight minutes in instead of sitting on a freeway for over 30 minutes when you could just get off.
0: There you go. There you go. Get in <laughs> there, get, get a couple ship. of swings in, spend some time <laughs> yeah, on the driving did. range, come see you.
2: Perfect. And they could always, you know, text me, say, hey, I'm stuck on the 405. I'm right here like Valley View exit where they would go to the Navy golf course. From there they could just say, you know what, I'll tell them to get off get off at Springdale, eight minutes you're on Warner, eight minutes you're at the golf course, and you've left the 405 alone. <laughs> there you go. Great advice. Mike, <laughs> thank again, you so much thank for thank taking the time troop, out
0: of your night to come back on the show. The it's been great catching up with you.
2: Okay. Hey, thank you very much, Chris.
0: Take care, Mike.
2: Thanks again. You have a good evening.
0: That is Mike Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, Mike Landry, and you can find him online, again, at MikeLandryGolf.com. He's got a lot of great tips and uh, some videos on there and uh, the opportunity to take some lessons with Mike, and uh, he's just a wonderful man. And uh, glad to have him back on the show. Need to get him back much sooner next time around because I really enjoy getting to spend some time with Mike. He's a great guy. All right, before I get to my next guest, Kenny Knox, I want to give a shout-out to a few of our sponsors. First, I want to remind you about our friends over at SyncIt.com. You know how we like to keep things on the positive side here on Next on the Tee and have a positive approach both in life and on the golf course? Well, we're excited to continue to be partnering with the folks over at SinkIt.com. Keep putting that positive thought of sinking the putt in your mind with their great line of t shirts and hats. To win any golf tournament, you've got to sink the final putt. We all wake up every day to finish strong, sink the putt, close the deal, work hard, get better each and every day. Have the confidence to push forward towards your dreams with unwavering passion, and you're going to sink it in life. Check them out online at SyncIt.com. And folks, like you hear me talking about every week now here on Next on the Tee and talking about Clubhub sensors. Well, you know, listen up. If you haven't tried them yet, then you really need to go online and discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device that's out there. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and Why? Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go with you on the golf course. I have club-up sensors on all my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, folks, since I put the club-up sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Not only do you get... GPS distances to the hazards and to the greens. But after your round, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the golf course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and let you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available online for Android or iPhones. The app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your golf swing as well. And no other rangefinder can do all of that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com to order your ClubHub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market at a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Power Bar. Energy and focus on the golf course is essential, whether you're playing you know, on the tour or you're playing in your club championship or your weekend four ball with your buddies par bar the golfer's nutritional bar can help you with both eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished and you're going to play with more energy and focus to win par bar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best go online to parbargolf.com and order yours today
1: this segment of the show is brought to you by the pga tour superstore See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGASuperstore.com. Now back to you, Chris.
0: And now back in making his sixth sixth appearance with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Kenny Knox. Let me remind you about Kenny's background. He is from Columbus, Georgia, which is about a two-hour drive southwest of me here in uh, in Atlanta, right down near the Alabama border. Played his college golf at Florida State University. and was named an All-American his senior season. He won the 1977 Southeastern Amateur Championship. Kenny won three times out on the PGA Tour at the 1986 Honda Classic the 87 hardys golf classic and the 1990 buick southern open he's one of the best putters of all time you heard me talking about that at the top of the show 1989 he set three putting records at the heritage classic he had eight putts over nine holes 18 putts for 18 holes and 93 putts over the 72 hole golf tournament he is currently teaching golf in tallahassee florida He's uh, got his own line of wedges and putters that you need to check out online at KennyKnoxGolf.com. They really look fantastic. And I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, good evening, Kenny. Happy New Year, my friend.
3: Happy New Year, Chris. Man, I tell you, the, the older I get, the better I used to be, it sounds like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you used to be outstanding. So if you're getting better you know, all the time, goodness knows you'll be in the, in the Golf Hall of Fame here before long. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I, if
3: I keep letting you introduce me, I'm just getting better and better.
0: <laughs> Indeed. So, Kenny, you know, as uh, I was talking to my last guest, Mike Landry, most of the country, you know, we're stuck here in a deep freeze. It seems that this is the perfect time for us to be practicing our putting strokes. Give us some indoor drills that we can do to stay sharp on the greens.
3: Well, I think, I think the biggest drill that you can do is a long putting I think uh, so many people waste shots. uh, You know, not everybody hits the ball close to the hole, right? So most people are faced with, uh, you know, 25 to 40-foot putts. So the best way to cut uh, cut shots off your score is to be able to putt those things. So if you can really work hard on your speed control, not worry about trying to make the putts so much, but trying to get your speed control down, uh, I think that's going to start cutting some shots off your game. And if you just go out to the putting green instead of putting those eight and ten footers and trying to make those things all day long, why don't you get out about 40 feet and start hitting some putts that break four or five feet and just try to get the – just play it out there high and let the ball die down in the hall so you can learn how to tap the ball in for your second putt. And uh, I think that's probably the best thing you could do at this point. The best way I have learned to practice long putting is – really to be very, very still in your stroke. Make sure you rock your shoulders, let the putter get back, have a very smooth uh, transition, uh, change your direction, and don't look up until you finish your stroke. That's very, very important. And I found that that's the best
0: way to putt long putts. And Kenny, for, do you, is there, are you a proponent of doing things differently in your setup and uh, in your stroke for whether you've got a three- or four-foot knee knocker or you've got a 40-foot you know, putt that breaks you know, five, six feet? Is there any difference in how you set up to the ball? Is there any difference in, in the length of the swing? Is there any difference at all for how you handle short putts versus long putts?
3: Well, first of all, the pace of your stroke is, is the most uh, crucial part of, of the actual stroke. Uh, and, and when I say pace, just think of it as like a metronome, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two, something like that to get, to get your mindset set on, on the takeaway and the transition and, the, and then the impact. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so the length of the stroke is going to vary, obviously, according to the length of the putt. But you always want to be very consistent and try to get uh, the length of your through stroke about the same distance as your back stroke, uh, depending on what length cuts you have. Now, the one thing I do different than most anyone I've ever talked to, and I've been out on the, the tour talking to a lot of tour players, and when I tell them this little concept, a little idea that I have about never wanting to change your stroke. Uh, and whether it's a right-to-left putt or a left-to-right putt, and they try to understand what I'm talking about. I said, what you have to do is move the ball around in your stance. And so what I'll do is I'll line three balls up. One would be off my front uh, foot uh, big toe. The next ball will be right behind the first one, and it will be on my uh, front foot a uh, heel of my foot. And then the other one would be one ball behind that. And, of course, that's going to be more t- uh, closer to my zipper area uh, on my slack. So then when you set up to the front ball and you hit it, you'll notice that your stroke, first of all, the ball's up in your stance. the the, sh- the
0: Your hands are
3: back a little bit of the ball and your shoulders are open. So naturally the path of the stroke is going to go straighter back. And then uh, the release of the putter head is going to be a little bit uh earlier at impact, so therefore the ball is going to stay, uh, it's going to go to the left. Now, if you put it in a neutral, a neutral position, then all of a sudden your hands are where they're supposed to be uh, on the putt with, uh, at, over the ball, and then as you take the putter back using your shoulders, the path will be slightly inside, and when you get back to the ball at impact, it's going to be perfectly square and releasing uh, towards your target, and the ball will go straighter. And then one ball back of that, obviously, the shoulders are going to be closed, the hands are going to be up, and the path of the stroke is going to be much more inside. So, therefore, when when the putter gets back to the golf ball, it's going to be slightly open, and it will miss to the right. So, you say, well, why would you want to miss right, or why would you want to miss left? Why wouldn't you always want it in neutral position? And I said, because you don't always have a straight putt. So, when you have a four-footer to win a golf tournament, you don't want to have to change your stroke. All you want to do is change your ball position. If it's a severe breaking left to right putt, move the ball up in your stance. Therefore, you always want to be coming in on the high side of the putt. If the ball is breaking right to left, move the ball back in your stance, and then the putter face will be slightly open at impact, and you'll always be on the high side of the hole. So keep that in for a little tip there and see if you can do it and see how it works for you.
0: And, Kenny, Let's let's back off the green a little bit. Like I said in your intro, you've got a wonderful set of wedges that you've designed. And um, you know, when you look at your wedges compared to other wedges on the market, what in, in your mind? What, what sets them apart? What's different about the Kenny Knox wedges that you don't see maybe in some of the you know bigger brands, the TaylorMades, Callaways, etc.?
3: Well, every every good wedge, every good wedge player wants to keep the golf ball on the club face as long as possible. So many times people don't understand why the ball rides up the face. It starts at the bottom and it climbs up the face, and you never can really get a consistent ball flight uh, when you're hitting a, a short shot. And so what we did, we designed our wedges to have a, uh, a higher center of gravity because of the A-shape uh, bounce on the bottom of the, on the club. And so therefore it raises the center of gravity so when you hit the golf ball, it's going to stay on the club face longer, and you can control the ball flight better that way, so therefore you can control your distance and how the ball
0: releases when it hits the green. And, Kenny, let's, let's put those wedges to work here and some tips. Give us some tips for, you know, hitting a short shot, a longer chip shot. What, what do we do differently, and what, what club do you recommend we use? If we're, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards off the green. What club should we be using in order to get our ball close to the hole?
3: Well, it all depends on the pin position, how much green you have to work with. Uh, if you have a, just very little green to work with, then you're you're kind of forced to use a higher lofty club, aren't you? So therefore, you know you would probably use a 60 degree if you have it in your bag or a 58. And so, uh, if you have a lot of green to work with, then you want to increase your percentages by by landing the ball on the green and letting it run out. I always try to tell people when I'm chipping the ball, I use a one-third to two-third rule. So I want to fly the ball one-third of, of distance to the hole. So if I had a 60-foot shot, Chris, I would want to fly that ball 20 feet, and I would want that ball to run 40 feet. So I would pick my club accordingly. I don't I don't fall in love with any one club in my golf bag. It just depends on the shot that I'm faced with. So if i got a back pin placement and I can fly the ball 20 feet and let it run 40 feet, well, if it's uphill, I'm probably going to use like a 9-iron, you know, depending on the, the speed of the greens uh, or a pitching wedge or something like that. But if it's downhill, then obviously you're going to probably have to use more of a, a gap wedge or even a 56-degree sand wedge on that shot. So, and again, it depends on the speed of the greens. Many times I'll use a 7-iron off the green and land the ball one-third of the way of the hole and let it run two-thirds of the way. So it's really interesting uh, – Concept It's very simple to understand, but it you really need to practice that shot and determine the speed of your greens that you're playing that you're at your local club or if you're playing a tournament somewhere else, you need to go ahead and, and get a good idea of what speed those greens are. How firm the greens are is another a factor that plays into it. This is why golf is not an easy game. You have so many different variables that that you have to factor into each individual shot But that's also what makes it such a great game because you're able to use your imagination when you're hitting these short shots. If I'm 40 yards off the green and the pin's in the middle of the green, 90% of the time I'm going to use a 56-degree wedge, fly the ball in there and stop it. But if if I can run the ball, I'm going to run it more often than not if I can run the ball to the hole because I want that ball on the the ground uh, pretty much as soon as possible to get that ball rolling like a putt. So you'll be more consistent with your distance control. And,
0: and Kenny, you've got a couple of great videos for bunker shots: short bunker shots, long bunker shots. Take us through those. First, talk about you know setting up and hitting a short bunker shot. What should we be doing? How should we be setting up? And how do we execute that shot?
3: Well, again, you have to factor in the type of sand you're, you're in. If you're on an uphill lie or flat lie or whatever. Uh, You know, what the depth of the sand is, is it soft sand, is it it, it tight lie, and all these things play a big, huge factor into the sand shot. It's very important to understand this. Uh, You have typically a gap wedge that's going to have less bounce on the club. So let's say a 52-degrees wedge is going to only have about 8 degrees bounce on the club. And then the 56-degree typically has the most bounce. So my wedges have 12-degrees bounce on a 56-degree wedge, and then, of course, the 60-degree wedge is going to have a little, not much bounce on it, about, again, 8 degrees. So if the sand is very firm, you don't want much bounce because of what's going to happen, the club is going to bounce, just like it says. And so you, you want to take the bounce out of the club. And so always in the bunker shot, you always want to be adding off at impact. So you're using the bounce of the club and not the leading edge. So many amateurs get in a bunker and they square their stance and then they try to get the ball out using a square club face at impact, that's just going to make you dig further down underneath the ball and the ball's not going to come out of the sand. You want to splash the ball out of the sand, and you do that by opening up the club face and adding bounce at impact. So you're actually adding loft, which increases the bounce at impact, so you're able to control your distance better as a result. You always want to hit a higher, softer shot if you can, but if you're hitting off a hard pin, it's hard to do that. So then in that situation, you use less bounce with less loft and play for the roll. And so there's so many, different, so many different ways to do it. I'm going to, I think I'm going to start a whole new YouTube series, Chris. With, uh, I've just built an indoor teaching facility at my farm here in Monticello. And I'm going to start and I think, and start putting a lot more videos out there on YouTube so that people can understand what I'm talking about when, when we start talking bounce and and the different club selections and different things of that nature.
0: And, Kenny, just to expand on the idea of hard pan, right? So if if, if we're out playing and it's recently rained, that sort of thing, and now we've got hard pan sand, are you saying instead of taking your sand wedge and opening it up and that sort of thing, we should be using less bounce so maybe take a gap wedge or something of that nature, and are we still opening the face of the club to, to get underneath it? How do we play that hard pan sand shot?
1: Yeah, you
3: want to always weaken your grip, first of all, before you set up to it. So you want to have a very weak grip, and you absolutely want to take less bounce. And so you would take a 52-degree wedge. That way you're not bouncing your club into the golf ball so much. But you're going to have to play for some run out on that shot. So you'll get the ball on the green quicker and let the ball run to the hole uh, if the shot allows you to do that. If the, if, the, uh, if the pin is tucked pretty tight to where you're at, then obviously you, you'll you have to go to the 60-degree because, remember, the 60-degree has less bounce also. So that's the case where I would use a 60-degree. And here's what you do. Here's the key on that shot. You don't speed up your entry into the ball you just maintain a nice pace back and down, much like you'd hit a putt. You don't want to increase your speed. What you want to do is come into it nice and slow, and let let the club do all the work for you. You do want to finish the swing, though. You don't want to make a full follow-through, but you do want to continue the arms moving so the club can, can get through the shot and not stop and dig into the, into the sand. So that would be the best way I could teach you how to hit that type of shot off a hard pan. Uh, that may have a little, you know, dampness
0: to it. And, Kenny, as as many of us do this time of year, when the calendar turns to a new year, we're already looking ahead to Augusta and the Masters. And, uh, you know, if if one of the players came to you and said, Kenny, how can I be successful putting the greens at Augusta National, what would you tell them? Well,
3: <laughs> no one's ever been... Totally successful putting those greens. There's always going to be some pickups. I think Ben Crenshaw probably had the, the greens figured out better than anybody, Ben and Jack, of course, and they were both lag putters. I think learning how to lag the ball and keep it close to the hole. So I would put my long putts again. We would go back to the putting green and pick out some long putts and learn how to try to get the ball close to the hole. At Augusta, you're really—it's funny you bring up Augusta because I just had Fred Ridley, the new chairman of Augusta National, uh, came in to my indoor facility and I fit him for a putter. So it was—it uh, <laughs> was a pleasure to have Fred here. He's a wonderful gentleman and he's going to do a great job at Augusta as their chairman. But you really want to work on those long putts, uh, and then you also, like Chichi Rodriguez once told me at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, he says. You need to work on your six-footers part because these greens are so fast that you're going to have a lot of come back putts. And you're usually in the six-foot range. So you really want to work also like six, five, six, seven six, seven-foot putts because you're going to be faced with that for your second putt so often.
0: Kenny, just a couple more before we let you go. And staying on Augusta National, I believe your first master's was one of the all-time great ones back in 86. And I know you and Mr. Nicholas are are great friends. What do you remember about being a part of what was, you know, potentially the greatest masters of all time? Well,
3: uh, probably the best thing I remember about that tournament was the fact that I was able to play two practice rounds with Jack. And after the Wednesday round, we went to the par three course to play the par three golf course. And, uh, they interviewed each player that was going to tee it up on the par three. And they asked each one of us uh, who, who we thought was going to actually win the golf tournament. And Jack just happened to be my partner that day. And I said, well, well, my partner is going to win the tournament. He's playing great. And of course, Jack was 46 years old at the time. So nobody gave him much of a chance to win the golf tournament actually, but they said, well, who's your partner? I said, well, Jack Nicklaus. So, it was pretty funny because I was the only person that predicted Jack would win the golf tournament, and it was on video.
0: <laughs> that's outstanding. And Kenny, I want we, we've talked about your wedges. I want to talk about your putters real quick. Okay, you've got your Transformer putter series, which looks amazing. You've got several varieties of putters available. If, if I'm a person that's looking for better performance, from my putter talk about your lines of putters and uh what putter shaft position you know means and how i can you know do a better job of making more putts looking at the kenny knox putters well this
3: is a, a, a really a fun time of year for me because uh november december are really not a great time as far as uh really getting out there and helping people with their golf game that much and selling a bunch of product. It usually starts up in January, and I'll be hitting the road here next week going down to South Florida and be going to these really nice clubs down there and selling my putters. And my whole concept of putters, you need to be fit for a putter, one that fits your eye. Uh, and what I mean by that is all the different hosel configurations and the, the different uh, sizes, you know, the blade between the blades and the mallets and the different uh, positions that the hosels go into the heads, that can really change with each individual as the way they line the ball up. And so I'm all about learning how to line up first. I figure there's only three things in, in putting, and that is alignment and then mechanics and then trust. And so what I try to do first of all is teach people to line the ball up correctly using the putter that, they, that helps them the best with the way they see the, the putter and the way they see the line of the putts. And so, for instance, if you think that you always have had a, a heel-shafted toe-down blade putter and you think that's the putter for you because that's what you've always used, you may be exactly right or you may be 100% wrong. You may actually fit better for a center-shafted mallet, for instance, according to your stroke, according to the way that you line up, A face balance putter may be just a putter for you, or vice versa. You may need a a toe-down putter that allows more play in the toe. And so you really need to be fit for that putter for length, for lie, and also for the putter that actually helps you line up the best. And that's what I do in my fitting system is I help people line up according to the way they see the line. And I use a laser system to do that, and it determines About 75% of the people will, uh, you can improve the way they line up according to which putter they should be using. About 20% of the people you just flat flat out can't help because they're all over the board no matter what putter you put in their hands. And about 5% of the people, which I call my 5% club, they line everything up perfectly. And uh, Jack Nicklaus happens to be in that 5% club. I have a 15 handicapper in Valdosta, Georgia that has bought three putters from me, that happens to be in a 5% club. So it doesn't matter whether you're a great player or a great putter or, you know, an average player. Fred Ridley also was lining up everything, uh, you know, perfectly the other day when I fit him in my studio. So, uh, but it's very important to be fit for length and lie. And so then the second thing is your mechanics, and your mechanics are so very important. If you do go to my website, you can see what I'm talking about alignment and mechanics. And just read under the instruction part in putting, and you'll you'll see the things I talk about with how important it is to line up your your uh, your shoulders, your hips, and your feet, uh, parallel uh, of your intended target, and so in the putter face square to your intended target. And then just use your the unit, your shoulders, arms, hands, putter head as one unit, and just move your shoulders back and through. And make sure your ball position is in the proper position as well so that you can get the ball started rolling correctly. And if you all want to know more about putting and, and how what works the best, just go to my website, and I think there's enough there to teach you. And be looking for me more on YouTube. I think I'm going to be out there a little bit more now that I have my studio constructed.
0: Well, Kenny, you know, it's kennyknoxgolf.com is the website. Kenny, let let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with where you're going to be if they want to come out, get fit, see you, that sort of thing, and then uh, how can they stay up to date with what you're doing on social media?
3: Well, pretty much everything is, is there on my website uh, that you need to know. Uh, the, you know, just remember the Kenny Knox Golf because if, if you just type in Kenny Knox, you may get the rapper, you may get the tire salesman, you may get the garbage collector. I just don't know. But those guys are all probably related to me anyway, but you need to go to Kenny <laughs> Knox Golf to get the guy that knows a little bit about golf. And so I've got the ball up and down many times out of the garbage, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm better off at that occupation anyway. <laughs>
0: well, Kenny, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back on the show. It's always a privilege to get to spend some time with you thank you for being here and i hope you'll come back and do it again real soon well
3: it's always a pleasure chris thanks for asking and thanks for having me and have a great
0: show all right thank you kenny all the best to you and your family
3: thank you you too
0: Again, that's Kenny Knox, and it's kennyknox.com. Kenny Knox Golf, I should say, kennyknoxgolf.com. And Knox is K-N-O-X. So, kennyknoxgolf.com. A lot of great videos already on there. Very excited if Kenny is going to be adding some more things. So, a lot of great uh, instructions, both for your short game and for putting. And Kenny's just a great guy. So, hopefully, we get the opportunity to catch up with him again real soon. All right, folks, before we close up shop like we like to do every week here on this show, I want to remind you about our great friend and PGA Tour pro Jim Estes and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word from Jim about the great things that they're doing.
4: The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country.
0: Yeah, folks, they're doing amazing things at the, at the uh, Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and to see how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, folks. Time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks again to Mike Landry and Kenny Knox for joining me tonight. I hope you enjoyed this show as well. Please give me your thoughts. Check us out online on our Facebook page, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. Give us our feed, your, you know, your feedback right there. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests, or one of our previous guests for that matter. You can go online to our site, nextonthet.net. You can see who some of our future guests are going to be. Plus, you can see a rundown of some of our uh, more recent episodes. Shoot me a question over there on our Facebook page. Be glad to get that question answered for you. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe LaGianusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio, but that show like this one is also available as a free podcast over on iHeartRadio and Podbean as well. On Thursday night, we're joined every week by five NFL legends that come on and share their stories from their playing days plus insights into what's going on around the NFL now. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Please check that out. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. And, again, this show is available on our website, NextOnTheT.net. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes from free from those sites. Plus, again, like I say, on iHeartRadio and Podbean as a podcast as well. Folks, thanks for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate it. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
4: Been listening to next on the tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.